I am so ecstatic to have my guest today. I feel like I showed up to the party late because I've only known her through social media since <laughs> about 2016. But by then, she has already built herself up to be a major force in the fashion industry. Within a year of starting her clothing line, L.A. Lisquet, she turned her online business into a six-figure brand. She has since moved on up and opened her first storefront on Melrose Avenue, which is major in Los Angeles. She has zeroed into her business, and when she's not doing that, she is birthing bosses through her consulting agency, Self-Made Boss Bay, helping entrepreneurs build their own brands. And she is selfless, and she is self-made, and she is Maxie J. Hello, oh, Maxie. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. What's going on, girl? What's going on in L.A.? Oh, girl, nothing the usual, just work. You know, I do nothing outside of work. I have no life outside of work. Entrepreneurship is not, you know, um, super fun. It's not easy. what I tell people. Yeah, right. it's not easy. It's not yeah. easy. Yeah. So let's start out by stating the facts. These are actual facts. Last year, 2017, because 2018 just started, so last year, yeah. not long ago, you had three fashion shows in two months, sold-out shows. You had your first show in L.A., which was your own show, and you flew right. to New York for New York Fashion Week, and then you right. came back and you did L.A. Fashion Week all right. sold out. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. Tell me what type of woman, boss, black girl magic you have going on that it takes <laughs> to successfully pull something off like that. Well, I mean, my own production alone took three months to put together. That was not like an overnight thing. Um, I always take my hat off to when I do see fashion shows and full-on productions because I know how hard it is to really get 700 people in in one place, like, you know, and even just the team that it takes to even bring in and to to be able to manage 700 people, like, it's, you got to have a solid team, and I definitely didn't do it by myself. Like, I have a production team, the Wright Sisters, that I hired uh, to put my production on uh, with me. They were with me every step of the way, and they definitely took a lot of pressure off of me, but... um, it still was like a bunch. I still had so much pressure the day of. I'm like, you would think that I didn't have one person there helping me the way that I felt. I'm like, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm about to pass out. One more problem. If one more thing fall apart and come back together today, I'm going to just pass out. Like, literally, it's not even Y'all have to take me to the hospital. So, like, that's how I felt the day of my fashion show. I was so much going on. Like I said, seven hundred people showed up. We had to start turning people away. Um, I had, like, backstage issues from, like, the models not liking their hair or the makeup artists getting mad because they – or the hairstylists getting mad because they're stepping on each other's toes, you know, going over each other's work. And I'm having to, like, diffuse those problems backstage. And then wow. uh, vendors outside, so they was getting rained on. So I was, like, trying to calm everybody down because their products were getting rained on. I'm trying to figure out the <laughs> And I had my, my media and I have to thank everybody for coming. I'm like, okay, I disappeared to my to my dress room like five times to cry, and then I come back out like, okay, so what 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 happened next? Okay, let me go fix it. Jesus, but yeah, it was everything. oh my it god, look like it was falling apart. That's all that matters. That's what I'm like, yeah, because I would have never like, known. Right. <laughs> right. That's crazy. Necessarily falling apart. It's just you have to problem solve 
very quickly. It's no like, you know, you know, you just have to really know how to problem solve when you have situations like that, when you have so much going on at one time, you know? Yeah, that was that's like a superwoman moment because that sounds <laughs> right. like a lot for one person to take care of so many people. I was still trying to come people. down from my fashion show, and then I went to New York Fashion Week the following, the following weekend, and then um, for Style Fashion Week, I had like a two-week break, and then I did Style Fashion Week in L.A., so... Lord, wow! I'm all fashion show. Hats off right to now. you. Hats off. Cheers, because you did it. You made it through. You didn't cry. You didn't. Well, you cried a little bit. Well, I cried. You didn't have a mental breakdown. But I kept going. So you started LA Liskate in 2014. Tell mm-hmm. me who Maxi J was in 2013. Like, who were you then? Oof. Who she she's she is nothing like who she is today, that's for sure. Um, two thousand thirteen, Maxie was just very um I was very ambitious, I was very driven, but I was very emotionally um unintelligent. I always say like emotionally immature is what I would say. Um, because mm-hmm. I was wearing my heart on my sleeve, my business, I was so emotional and about it because it took these it took so much for me to accomplish it. it. Took everything, literally everything in me to accomplish it. So when people would come for me like well, Michael Costello stole designs for me. I'm like bawling, oh, crying, like, oh, my God, everyone's going to think I stole from him because he's, he's the famous one. I'm just starting. Like, now, I mean, my designs get, get stolen by China all the time. I see my designs downtown all the time, and it just pushes me <laughs> to keep creating, you know? Like, it's not yeah. – I don't take it as personal. Like, but in 2013, that, 2014, I was ready to just die. Like, you know, just take, just take all of it. I can't. Yeah. I don't want to look oh, I don't want no. to like you know, I'm a copycatter or this and there. So I had to learn how to be stronger emotionally, you know, and smarter emotionally too, not wearing my emotions on my sleeves and stuff. So that's where I grew from like two thousand thirteen till till now. Like, you know, I learned how to like really take pressure. I still cry, you know, in two thousand seventeen. I still cry like at least three times. In twenty eighteen you still cry. Right. I still cry. But I'm better. I'm better and I know how to problem solve really well. Um, something I definitely learned how to do and you know, I just you know, going through so much to accomplish your dreams, it just gives you the tenacity to keep it. Like I always tell people that like it's like if if it was smooth sailing for you and everything was a breeze, you wouldn't appreciate it as much and you wouldn't have yeah. so much determination to keep it or grow it or like, you know, not let anybody take it from you and like, you know, it definitely builds you and molds you into the entrepreneur you need to be all your struggles and trials, you know, so yeah. So when you finally when you finally decided to become a fashion designer, now you're in it. You're you know taking patterns, you're drawing, you're going to you know places to have your product produced. How was mm-hmm. that transition mentally on you? Mm-hmm. So um, I have like I have about seven contracted employees um, that I work with that mass produces my uh, clothes. And then I have two employees that um, work at my store. Um, and then I have my intern, Aisha. She's like my little sister now. Um, and just ha- being so responsible for all these people is pressure. You know, like mm-hmm. I always tell, like, my clients when they're, first, when they're first starting, they're all scared to start. And I'm just like, girl, this is the easiest part. You know, this is fun. 
have a good time. Your creating is coming to life. You know, you ain't got no responsibilities. You ain't got no overhead. You ain't got no employees. You're good. This is the fun part. Like, enjoy it. I know that you're scared because it's new, but it's no big deal. You know, just start. Mm-hmm. You can start with anything. The pressure is when you got it. And, and when you got it, trying having to keep it. How do you stay different from all these people that's coming out and doing the exact same thing you're doing? Like, if your business, if your business falls, not only is that on you, you know, that's on your two employees at the store. Like, these people are relying on you for their livelihood. So that's the kind of pressure that I've think when, like, I go through trials and tribulations or when I'm about to make a move or an investment or if I'm about to take a risk, it's like, okay, God, it's just me and you, okay, as usual, so let's make sure we get through this. We cannot fall, okay, because we got a bunch of people under us, and it's not just me, you know, so it's like that's the, that's, that's pressure. That's the kind of pressure that I deal with now that I have it, now that I've accomplished everything. It's like, Jesus, I just can't make it. One wrong move your whole your whole thing can come crashing down, knock on wood, that would never happen. But I'm just saying yeah. that's how simple it is, you know, with entrepreneurship. It's not guaranteed. It's literally, that's why you have to have, like, a relationship with God. I always tell my clients that always, like myself, maybe I'll say clients, I was like, girl, the kind of covering you need to get through these tribulations and to get through um, the motions you can't get from business school. You can't get from me. You can't get from business seminars. Mm. Like you have to have a relationship with God because that's the only mm. person that's going to make you feel safe. Because there's no, there's no safe way to any of this stuff. Amen so who else is going to make you feel safe? You know. So, yes. So, yeah. <laughs> How did you know um, when it was time to elevate your business and your brand and mm-hmm. step out, get a store, and actually hire people? Like, how did you right. know it was time to do that? Um, well, I always, another thing I always tell my clients, um, there's never going to be a perfect time to do anything great. Um, I always tell people that, uh, the devil is going to always make you feel like it's not the right time. So you're never going to feel like, okay, this now, now is the time for me to go out and do this. Like, you know, so since I know that, you know, even when I started my brand, it wasn't the perfect timing for me to start it. I still started it, and within four months, it was already a six-figure company. So mm. when I'm like, I want a store, I'm like, okay, I don't know. Technically, this is not a good time. You know, technically, I should not be up in my overhead. Technically, I should not be, you know, like, I don't know anything about retail. So that's a whole other business I would have to learn. Like, I'm just now getting the hang of what I'm doing. It's only been two years. Maybe I should wait till five. And then, but I just couldn't get it off my heart. I'm like, no, I want to, I want to do it now. Like, and I always come up with my brightest ideas in the shower. I don't know why. That's when I came. When I, came <laughs> with, <laughs> I have a friend who's like that too. She says the same thing. So yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm like, you know what? I'd be scared to take a shower because I'm like, I'm tired of coming up with this stuff that's gonna stress me out take all my money, all this risk, and I'm just tired. I don't want to think of nothing else big. I don't. But it's like, <laughs> you know, I, that's where I thought, that's where I thought of fashion show, and that's where I thought of the um, opening the store. There's no real perfect time, basically. You know, you have to just take the risk or lose the chance. That's the way I look at my whole life. My whole life is operated by that. So it's like, you know, you. I rather I rather try at something, and it didn't, and know that it didn't work. But I tried rather than wondering if it if it would have worked if I would have tried. You know, that would drive me crazy. Like it probably would have worked if you would have just tried. You didn't even try. So now you can only think about 
woulda, coulda, shoulda, like that's what. Always <laughs> wondering. Know. Yeah. Let me try. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't have a specific, you know, um, feeling that made me feel like, okay, I'm ready to expand. I wanted to expand, and I felt like that's what I needed to do in order to grow. I need to take the risk. So that's what I did. Every day, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely works, for sure. <laughs> and even, too, like I was just about to say, like, every day I see, you know, your network is growing, you know, people are tagging you, they're wearing your clothes, your Instagram followers are growing. Do you believe in the saying that when they say your network equals your net worth, like, is that true for you? Uh, no, uh-uh. because when my business, Instagram was only at, my, well, my clothing line business Instagram, when it was only at 5,000 followers, I was still bringing in a lot of money with 5,000 followers. Mm-hmm. You know, even when it grew to 15,000, it was the same number I was bringing in when it was at 5,000. It's about engagement. It's like that's mm-hmm. so important. If you're connected with your, with your customers, it doesn't matter if you have 5,000, 10,000, however many followers, like you um, – and I'm not sure, is this answering your question? Because I do that a lot. Like, I'll just start talking about my own topic. Is this answering your question? <laughs> yeah, 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 of course, oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, like, you know, and it's, a, it's, a bunch, it's a bunch of Instagram people that have 200, 300,000 followers and, and don't have no money because they don't know how to convert their followers That's into right. numbers. And, you know, and I always, I always say, I don't, I don't want to be, I want to be popular and famous. I want to be successful and I want to make a difference in other people's lives. And if that comes with popularity, cool. But if, but other than that, that my goal is not to like have a bunch of followers and everybody just knows me. Like that's definitely like not the, not the goal. The goal is to reach as many people as I can, take as many people as I can with me and give back because I feel like when I was, when I was uh, starting and I was learning, there was no one there telling me anything to do. I was learning on my own through trial mm-hmm. and error, taking losses, trying, crying, going downtown, sweating my hair out, my feet hurt. I don't know where to go. I don't even know what a pattern maker is. Like, you know, no one's telling me anything, and I had to learn on my own, you know. So that's one of the reasons why I started my consultant business. And the, the money that they pay, the $200 they pay for an hour to hear me tell them thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars worth of information and mistakes that they get to avoid is so mm-hmm. far beyond the dollar amount that, you know, I would have gave $200 to that $200,000 I took when I first started any day, you know, like, so it's just, um, so no, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I think it definitely has a lot to do with your engagement in, uh, that's why it's so important to be a really good person because people are drawn to positivity. People are drawn to yeah. a, a, a pure soul, you know. So it starts from, like, within. I tell my clients that before I even start telling them the ins and outs of business, I always tell them that it starts, it starts with you. Like, you have to make sure you're whole and you have to make sure you're a good person and your intentions are good and God's going to bless you no matter if you don't know nothing about business or if you know everything about business, you know, like – that will put the right people in your life so that you will know what you need to know to be succeed, to be mm-hmm. successful. But you have to start with you. You can know all the information in the world. As soon as, as, soon as they sit down, they want to know. So how do they close? So so where do I go to um um to buy you know for my boutique? It's like girl, start start. Let's start from the beginning. The beginning is <laughs> you. 
Then I'm going to explain to you the difference between a DBA and an LLC. Get your paperwork together. Then I'm going to tell you how to shop for your store. Like, they just want to get straight to the, to the fun They want to get straight to the money. <laughs> they don't even want to learn. They want right. to get straight to the coin. You got to learn right. how to get to this coin. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> so when mm-hmm. you started to um, be successful financially in your business, were you ever accustomed to having that type of wealth before Mm-hmm. Well, um, I've never had my own. So I've always dated a guy with a check, but I've never had, like, my own check. I was that big. I've always worked a nine-to-five. You know, I probably made no more than about 4000 4500 a month. So I've never, like, mm-hmm. had money like that on my own. You know what I mean? Like, now, a guy that I was dating, he might have had it, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter because it's his at the end of the day, and when they leave, they take it from <laughs> so it's not, that, you know, you leave them what you have, and that it wasn't that. So, you know, so, no, like, I, I definitely um, was not used to the kind of money that I was seeing that I was bringing in. I couldn't even believe it. I was like, I can't believe I'm capable to even do this. Like, you know, because the way that my um, parents are set up, they're old school, they're old, and all they know is what they know, and that's fine. But, you know, it's 2018, and entrepreneurship has never been so – uh, popular ever, mm-hmm. and when I first wanted to start my business, my parents were just like, you know, you should get a job, you should just get another job and do this on the side, and there's really no on the side, like, you're either going to put 100% into it if you want to see 100% in return, or if you put 50%, you will only see 50% in return, I'm a firm believer of that, so I had to not listen to them. And do my own thing, which is rare. I always listen to this. So, so I'm like, I don't know what they're talking about. I'm about to start this club line. It's going to work. And I'm going to see you return, like, period, in the story. And so, yeah. So, I've, so yeah, I definitely feel like, you know, with, with, not, with not knowing how to um, manage that much money, uh, getting, getting an accountant from the beginning is what I would have done differently. Um, mm-hmm. I had to learn through trial and error. I had to, like, go through my whole first year of business, see all this money I made. And, oh, now I know I paid PayPal almost 15000 over the year just in fees. And I didn't even know after your first 10000 wow. a month, you could negotiate the, the percentage that they're taking of your sales or whatever. I didn't know that because they don't market or promote that. So I had to learn that. Yeah, I didn't know that you were. Into business. Right. Exactly. Mm. I got years of business, and I had to learn UPS. It's just too expensive. I don't I them ten thousand and just shipping and handling. It's like darn too expensive. So I see why majority companies, you know, use USPS when it's a small, you know, business or whatever. So you mm. know, I had to go through the whole year first and look back and see like, oh, okay, well, I made all this money, but I broke even. Why? And they're like, oh, you know, your this is too high. This is too high. You, know, you got to switch this, switch that. And I'm like, okay. So I said, my second year of business was more profitable than my first year of business. Even though I made a bunch of money, I didn't see a bunch of money because my overhead was so high. Like, you know, high. so, yeah, learn that through time. How important, how important is it now to, you know, make sure that you have the right financial backing behind you, not as far as money, but, you know, like uh, accounting or a bank yeah. and, you know, yeah. how important is that for you now? And for other mm-hmm. entrepreneurs that's who are so starting important. out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so important. Um, starting out, you're not going to have a financial back. You know, you're going to be taking risks. 
know what I mean? You're going to just mm-hmm. be gambling all that you got. Whenever God gives you a break, you are need to invest into your business. And when you're showing God those kind of sacrifices, so you're not going to be super structured at first, you know, and and that's, and that's okay, you know. But if, if you knew what I knew, you would get super structured. The minute you start making money, get an accountant is what I tell my my um, like in the beginning when you're just winging it it's fine because it's the only way you're going to be able to grow your business you got to hustle and bustle that's just what it comes with but the minute you start seeing a consistent income and you're seeing that okay I'm getting somewhere it's, it's starting to become lucrative then I will immediately start trying to get straight on the back end and I would immediately not op- up my overhead avoid that like you know uh, but in the, be- in the beginning, you want to get structured, you want to stack as much as possible, and you want to invest. It's no, it's, it's no like, oh, I made this money, I'll come and go buy a purse or a shoe. No, no, no. It has to go, all your money needs to go back into the business the first year round. Like, it has to. It don't matter how much you're making, whatever, it needs to go back into the business. Keep growing it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you, I say, like, not until, like, a couple years in, until about two years, will you really start to be able to reap the fruits of your labor, like, you know, being able mm. to, like, pay yourself and do nice things for yourself, you know. But, like, the first couple of years, I would reinvest as much as possible and grow it as much as possible because, com- you know, when you get comfortable, that can – like, I always tell people, when it's when it's feeling really um, stable is when you should get scared. Like, it should be mm-hmm. no – it should not be stable. Like, this is, entrepreneurship is not a stable thing. You, you can go work a nine-to-five and be this is not a, a stable thing. It should always be something challenging you. It should always either be growing or something challenging. It should be something. It can't just be like, oh, this, this, every month, smooth selling. Like, it will drop drastically on you from, like, smooth selling to, like, zero or something. Like, you know, like when you mm, like when real quick, getting, yeah, too, exactly. Too smooth selling is when you start getting nervous and trying to figure out what you need to do, you know, next. So, Yeah. Yeah, in order for you to grow as a business, as you have, you have to deal with a lot of corporate dealings, whether it's from, you know, buyers, you know, contractors building your store, the financial part of it, you know, getting an accountant, lawyers, you know, have you ever ran into any challenges being a black woman, female, you know, a lot of things they believe we don't know about money, we don't know about business, did you have any challenges in that aspect when it was um, time for you to grow your business? Um, that's a good question. No, honestly, no, because everyone I work with is black. My accountant is black. I try to keep, yeah, I try yeah. To keep my money. Yeah, I try to keep my money. Yeah. Our people, if I can, you know. So, um, but my account, yeah, my accountant and my financial advisor, that, that she's black, and so is you know everyone under her um what i did where i do experience uh trouble is where like with my with my manufacturers that i buy fabric from mm-hmm. like they are very um because they're not black you know so they're like either Arabian mm-hmm. or like um hispanic they just think you don't know you know they think you don't know i know i know one thing i did always know from the beginning is profit margins that's why i was able to uh, make so much money starting in my first year business because I made sure that my product was priced at a certain price point so that I was able to charge a certain price point without losing the quality so my profit mm-hmm. margins were large. I was making at least 27 times my money per garment. But 
Mm-hmm. And it looked cheap. It was very, you know, it looked very expensive. I still kept the quality, but I knew how to negotiate my numbers with my fabric stores as I grew. So when I first started, I was only making like three times my money. I'm like, this is not right. This is what boutiques make. I mean, I'm designing like everything from scratch. I shouldn't, you know, they're just going downtown and picking it out and making three times their money. I'm doing all this lead work. This ain't, this ain't right. So as mm-hmm. I started to grow and restock, I was able to talk numbers better with it. I mean, but I've never liked to talk money. If someone told me something cost something and I thought it was too much, I would pay it and just never come back. Like that's how I've always always been. I'm not I don't like to negotiate and okay, but what about because I wouldn't I don't like I don't want nobody to do that to me. But with this mm-hmm. I don't I don't let I don't let anybody get over with me, especially if I know what I bought at before. I won't let like another fabric company be like, Oh no, 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 I only I get this for five so I have to sell it to you for seven. It's like you're lying. So I bought this for five, so you can't possibly have gotten it for five. So like, I would really, like, go back and forth to make sure <laughs> that I, I'm not, You I'm got not, the right deal, yeah. Yeah, I'm not playing this like, oh, and now I'm buying hundreds of yards of fabric at a time when I used to buy only 20 yards and 30 yards here and there. Now it's like, oh, now I need 200, 400 yards of fabric. Now I can talk way better numbers, you know what I mean? Now I can talk mm. you down. If you were selling it to me when I was only buying 10, 20, you know, yards at a time now that I'm buying 400 I know you can give me a better deal like okay well I'm gonna just I'm gonna go down the street someone down the street told me I'll gather my purse everything they're like okay wait 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 all right fine <laughs> you have to do that even though I really need this fabric from this particular person but I have to like do this whole thing and I think they only because I'm a woman and I'm black. Because it's like, mm-hmm. a white woman come in here and tell you she's buying 400 yards, you're going to give her a deal off the top. Why are you still trying mm-hmm. to play me? Cause you th- and, then, and then I stopped, I started going downtown looking crazy. I started leaving my Chanel bags, all that at home. I'm like, I'm going to go down there looking like, I don't, I don't got it at all, okay? But I still need 400 yards. I'm like, girl, that's one of my tactics. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot, child. That is too funny. I left my Chanel bag at home. I don't have it. It's nothing in this pocket. Like I don't have it. Give it to me for that price because I don't have nothing right. else. <laughs> I mean, you can't even negotiate it with me because I ain't got it. You're not even gonna want to. It's gonna look like okay. Let me just let her have it at this price. And she's looking look. That is too funny. I can't. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's um that's too funny. That is way too funny. But yeah, so um one thing I want to talk about is your consultant agency, which is mm-hmm. fantastic for entrepreneurs, especially getting able. I mean, being able to speak to someone who's done it. It's one thing yeah. a lot of people are saying. You know, they're experts at things, and they are not. So right. you know, I think it's great that we can see your success. We've seen what you're capable. of capable of doing and you actually taking the time out to, you know, build other brands. But right. a lot of people are afraid to associate themselves with people who are in the same industry as them. You know, like fashion designers don't want to associate with other fashion designers, afraid they're going to, you know, give too much yeah, info. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? How are you able mm-hmm. to still feel comfortable with sharing what you've experienced with other people who are going to be in the same field as you? 
Well, I'm very confident in the fact that no one can take from me what God has set out for me. So Amen. I feel like you be, you, girl, <laughs> you have to be uh, the next Sarah Jakes. <laughs> right. What yes, I, I feel like I'm in church. It's Thursday. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. Y'all gonna come in here? Come on, come in here. Get this collection plate. You gotta give a little collection over here. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Go ahead. I'm listening. I'm listening to the sermon. To them every right, right. And I admire them too. That they're a huge part of my life. I go to their church every Thursday and every single Sunday. Like I said, I need the. I need the. I need to. So that's the only wow. thing that makes me feel safe. It's the only thing. I've been living. I'm, I'm on the edge every day. You know what I mean? Like, Every single day, and it's not like I have some rich man in my corner funding anything. It's just me and Jesus always being. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I owe you guys. Like, I owe you. I got to be here. Like, cause you, just, you carried me through so much. Like, I feel like it's the least I can do. So, um, yeah, so I'm very, I'm a very, very that no one can take from me what God has set out for me. So I still pour into women, and I still give everything that I know. I mean, and I don't hold back. At all, you know how some people like you know I'll tell this, but I won't tell that. And I have a friend that has a consulting business, and she always says that like, well, girl, don't tell them everything. And I'm just like, you know, I'm I'm just not built that way. Like I would want somebody to tell me everything, and at the end of the day, they still can never do it like me. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, I can tell them exactly every single thing that I do, and you, and I'm very confident in where and what I'm gifted at. Like it's my gift, so I don't think that anyone can take it from me, do it exactly like me. So everyone's going to have their own flavor. Everyone's going to have their own their own style. And if they do try to mimic what I'm doing, they're going to eventually just die out because it's hard for you to stay creative because you're watching me. So it's still a loss for whoever is. It's still going to be a loss for the other person and not me. And that's the way that I look at it. So I'm okay with sharing and pouring. And whatever I'm, I'm supposed to be in life, I'm going to get there anyway. So. Yeah. If people want to be um have a consultation with you, like what does that take? Like what's the process like? Uh, so that my email, my uh, consultation email is maxi at selfmadebossbay, and they'll just email me their story, what they're looking for, and I have like an automatic reply that replies to them, like the steps that it takes to book. And you just pick their time zone. I, well, I talk a little bit about what I do, like brand assessment. I talk about profit margins. I talk about growing, um, sustaining a profitable business. Um, I have clients that don't know what they want to do at all. And then I have clients mm-hmm. that already started and don't know how to grow it. You know, it just depends on where you are, where they are, you know, in their business at the time. But I even mm-hmm. help women even come up with what they want to do. Like we get into like, okay, what's the thing that you can do to your best ability with the least amount of effort and you're super great at it? Like that's the thing God gave you. You know, like I, we get all the way down to that. If they want to start a business, they just don't know what they want to do or where to start. So it just depends. And then I have, like I said, clients that come with everything and they've been having their business for years and it's not moving, you know. So I brand assess them you know we'll pull up their instagram we'll pull up their website we'll pull up the back end their numbers and we figure it out so so wow. yeah that's you're definitely a, a professional with all the terminology yeah right. <laughs> right 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 yeah i think that's great i think it's good that you know you're able to do something for other entrepreneurs because a lot of them need help you know mm-hmm. and you can't Google a lot of things, you know. If right. I Google, you know, um, 
pattern making in LA? Where can I pick it up? You know, where can I go? A lot of things are like word of mouth. Yeah, the factories on the back street, same thing like in New York, you know, the the factories are in the basement, you know, of these other stores and, you know, you have to be in it in order to know. And it's like Mm -hmm. to have somebody, excuse me, to have somebody walk them through. That's awesome. I think that's great. Thank you. When it comes to, and you're welcome, of course, of course. When it comes to the word, <clears throat> sorry, faith, what do you think about? What does that word mean to you? Uh, faith. To me, faith is that thing you have when you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel and you still punch forward, you still go towards this light that you don't even see. Like, if you know eventually you're going to see it. That's faith. Mm-hmm. Like when you don't know how your 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 story is going to end, but you're still writing it anyways. But you know God is going to see you through it, and He's going to make sure you have a happy ending. Like that. That's faith. It's when you do something that you're not sure you're going to be able to do good, or that you're not sure you're going to be able to even reach, or that you're not sure that you're going to be able to come out of, but you do it anyways. That's faith. Mm-hmm. How much is faith? played in your life as far as your business goes like how much is that oh you have you have to and I already know I already know (laughs) (laughs) I already know based on this combo it's like deeply embedded embedded like because I didn't go to school for anything that I'm doing I've taught myself since day one, like you said, I, when I first decided I wanted to design clothes and they told me I needed a pattern maker, I didn't know. They told me I needed a pattern. I didn't know if that was a thing, a person, a paper, or a, or like what, I didn't know if it was fabric. I didn't know what it was. I had to go downtown and ask, like, do you know a pattern? They're like, a pattern maker? I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay, so it's a person. Cool. Like, that's how I had to, like, learn <laughs> even what, like, I did not know nothing, and I just I still wow. went after it. You know what I mean? And I, I'm very convinced that there's nothing that I cannot do. Like I don't. I, I think there's nothing that I cannot do. And once you have that, once you have that confidence in yourself, and you know that you're smart, you know that you're smart. You can learn anything. How many times I've got when I was nine to five. Um, and I will go and sell myself on these on these interviews. Don't have a clue. Do nothing that they're even asking for on there on their, uh, you know, whatever thing that they asking of for their employee. And I would just tell myself, act like I'm super-duper smart because I'm thinking in my head, like, okay, you know, they have to train you anyways for whatever it is that they are about to hire you on to do. So just act like you know what they're talking about. And then, you know, even though you don't, <laughs> just learn it once you get hired. You know? So I'm like, if I, just, <laughs> if I used to work my way through cor- the corporate America. You're like dropping, that, them, dropping right. them sneaky gems. <laughs> right. I'm like, if I used to work my way through corporate America like that, I could work my way through entrepreneurship like that. Just like I didn't know anything that I that I you know that I'm doing today, I still applied myself, and that's how I looked at it because I did what I knew. So since corporate America, I've been working in that field for six years. I'm like, okay, so you know, if I can sit up and make y'all billions, because I'm I'm working in the billing department, so I'm seeing the kind of money I'm bringing into this company while y'all paying me twenty dollars an hour. I'm bringing y'all. Millions of dollars, you know. I'm mm-hmm. helping y'all, you know, assess invoices that are like so much money, like you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm like, okay, so since I'm that much of an asset to your business, which is cool, I need to make sure that I'm going to be that kind of asset to 
to my business, and I came into this job not knowing how to do any of this, and y'all taught it to me, you know, so that's the same thing that I applied to myself when I went to start my own business, like, it's like, oh, girl, when you really needed that job, you sure figured out how to be in the billing department at Red.com, so you really need this this business to work, so figure it out, <laughs> like, so that's exactly how I applied <laughs> myself, like, so I definitely have to use faith, though, because it's different, it's different, like, once you get hired onto a job, you're like, whew, okay. You know, even if you make mistakes, it's on a dime, it don't matter, you know, whatever. You learn it on this dime. You'll still be here tomorrow, yeah. Right, exactly. They got it to lose school. And I I hate that that used to be my mind frame because now my employees, I'd be like, I hope y'all don't think y'all could just be messing up like I got it for y'all to lose because I don't, okay? I'm going to be on point each and every time. So, like, yeah, that, um, it's just funny how, like, everything always comes back around full circle. Like, you don't even realize it when it's going on. Like, when I was at work and I'm miserable, I'm like, me and my girl used to t- take off on lunch and, like, go drink wine on our happy hour. Like, why are we not on a yacht? Like, why are we here? Like, how, like, I don't understand. Like, it's the conversations we used to have on lunch break. So I'm yes. I would never forget. Like, I'm supposed to be on a yacht, girl. I'm not supposed to be here. Like, yes. <laughs> I'm supposed to be with Oprah, Oprah at her house. <laughs> to be our conversation, and then come back drunk. Like, listen, y'all gonna pay these invoices or not? Like, I'm not about to be going back and forth. <laughs> I can't. I know. I'm not about to go back and forth and argue with you. You, you paying this or not? <laughs> Definitely carried you. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And then I have such a charismatic personality. So, like, you know, that's why I always tell my clients to like just be original, just be yourself. You know, so many people are going to like you for whoever it is that you are. You know, I might be a lot for some people, or I might be their big sister in their mind or their best friend in their head. All my all my my Snapchat supporters tell me all the time, like, "Girl, you're my best friend in my head." Like, I feel like we're friends. Like. And that's just my kind of person, that's my, my personality, you know, and then there's people that will like, you know, whatever, a different kind of personality, I don't know, but if you be yourself, you will draw, you know, more authentic people into your life when you're trying to pretend to be someone else or pretend to be what you think society wants you to be is where, like, you can't find your identity, like, you don't get to, mm-hmm. you can't shine, you can't really be a full potential because you're not even your full self, so it's like, you have to be your full self, and then you have to be, you have to be on your own head, like, okay, girl, you're a good person, like, you know, because you're not, you're not, you're not perfect, you know, you're human, so you're going to make mistakes, you're going to grow in certain areas, like, and mine, mine was emotionally, like, you know, I was so emotional, I just want to fight, that's, that's all I knew, like, as many as I might hurt my feelings, that means I want to fight, like, that's just how I've been <laughs> growing up. <laughs> I and I know you from Inglewood. Yeah, girl, okay? You used to cut up on people. I'm like, you can't just go around fighting everybody just to be mad. Like, it's okay to, like, not like somebody and go on about the business. I used to feel like, oh, I don't like her. I got to slap her next time I see her. It's like, no, you got to just, it's okay. You don't like her. She don't like you. Y'all go on about y'all day. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah. No, 
that's where I have to grow, grow up as a woman and as a person. Even in my relationships with guys, like if they would try me, I used to feel like I had to cut up on you because now you're going to think that you can try me. <laughs> Girl, so I had to get her together all the way, girl, because she's just taking off on everybody. Girls, females, men, don't matter, okay? Maxie, you are a hot mess, girl. Lord, Jesus, help me. Oh, my God. Jesus, help both of us. I can't. I can't. You are a hot mess. I think this is the funniest interview I ever had. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we have to apologize to the listeners, especially those who don't know what cutting up is. That's why we're laughing. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (sighs) Thank God for faith. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Yes. Mm-mm-mm. Yes. She was a mess, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for growth. Thank you. Yeah. Thank God for growth. I do always <laughs> say. I always say that. It's so funny. I always say that. Yeah. Um, people often say that Michael Jackson. I don't know if you know the Thriller album. That's like a mm-hmm. dumb question, right? Everybody knows the Thriller <laughs> album. But everybody always says that he spent a lot of his career after that album chasing that thriller success because that Mm -hmm. album was his biggest album ever made in the history of music. And he Mm -hmm. spent a lot of his time, like, trying to make his other albums as successful as that. He was never, like, really satisfied. Now, when it comes Mm -hmm. to fashion, a lot of people will say that your success is like that thriller album because... A lot Mm -hmm. of designers, they don't have a storefront, especially before five years. It's like, that's like a fashion designer mark, like five years. Five years to make money, five years to have a store, you know, and you've done all of that in less than five years. How has that, yeah, yeah, how has that type of success changed your work ethic? Um, You know, for me, it's like, (coughs) it doesn't necessarily, well, it doesn't necessarily change my work ethic because even when I was a even when I was an online store, I've always had a showroom that had so many I had so many um, dresses in stock that they could they could never just fit in my house. Like you know, I always have to have an office an office space. Um, so I've always had overhead. I've always had a business overhead. But I just never had a business overhead this high. So now it's mm. like. Um, it's like no, you really. It's like oh no, no, like you really got to slang these dresses like they're like drugs because otherwise you're not gonna be able. You have to. You have this huge overhead. My overhead is like fifteen thousand a month, and I have to make wow. sure that is done on top of you know uh, growing the business, which also takes capital on top of sustaining marketing, branding, models, hair, makeup, photo shoots, like all this stuff takes money. You know what I mean? So. It really just pushes you to go hard when you have responsibility, mm-hmm. you know. So it makes it pushes you to go harder when you have even bigger responsibility, because um, mm-hmm. it's just it's not easy to pay it. You know, I went from a from a okay to like you know my office space is like fifteen hundred a month, you know. So it was like half of what my half my overhead was half of what it is, you know, now or whatever. So mm-hmm. it doubled. So yeah. So if anything, it just <clears throat> it makes me go harder. Yeah, it mm-hmm. makes me go harder, and it's it's more stressful 
you know, because you have to still make sure that, like, you know, that you're not taking away from your creativity, trying so hard to to know all the other aspects of the business and stay on top of all Mm -hmm. the other aspects of the business. But what got you here was your creativity. My first collection was, like, my best-selling collection to me, you know, um, because I had nothing to do but to create. Like, that was it, mm. you know what I mean? And even though my, my designs got better because I learned as I, as I went on, so they're more, more structured, they're better quality, you know, everything. They've definitely gotten better since the first collection. But as far as the designs are concerned, I feel like all I could do is just focus on creating. And now that I have all this on my mind, it's like now I'll think of a dress in my sleep in the middle of my night, and I'll wake up like, oh, shit, let me, let me write this down mm. while I get because I will forget because mm. I got so much on my mind and I'm trying to, like, re-remember what I thought of. Like, dang, it, it would have been so cute to, like, what was it? What did I, what did I think of? Like, I, my brain is too cluttered. Like, mm. too, too cluttered. And that's why, that's why they say it's such a um, – it's so important to have a team. You'll get to a point to where you're, you're going to start experiencing growing pains where you can't do it by yourself anymore and you'll fall short. You can't keep up with your traffic. You'll fall short in one area because you're focused on this area and not this mm. area, and now that area is falling. You can't do it all by yourself. You can't have a full on online store, a full on brick and mortar, and be working the store, promoting online, modeling the clothes yourself. It's too much. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. And I had went through that spell too before, you know, because my business was like my baby. I was just so scared to like let people into my business and my Mm. back end and for them to know I'm just like, I can do it. I got myself all the way here. I can do it. And then I almost had like, like my body almost just gave out of because I was working so hard for getting to eat. I'm working the store full time. I'm waking up at 5.30 a.m. So I can go wow. down to my pattern maker so I can deal with the collection and go work the store full time from 11 to 7 and then ship and handle from like 7 to 9 and then go home, go to sleep by 10, get up, do it all over again. I was doing it every day with my store mm. open every day. So I'm like, wow. okay, I can't. I need a team. I'm about to pass out, you know, so. You need help. <laughs> yeah, we have the white flag, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But you're but you're doing good. You're you're doing good Thank you. with your team. You know you have the right people in place, and no matter how messy it might be behind the scenes, you make it look flawless. Thank you. Know? you. And yeah, Thank it's you. O- it's always good when it looks like that. Like no one wants to right. see chaos. You want to you want to yeah, trust exactly. and believe you got it together. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. But yeah, but I look forward to seeing everything that you have going on. I look forward to you know watching and reading about you. You are fantastic. I really appreciate you coming on and, you know, telling your story and dropping your gems the way that you do and giving people, you know, some faith in business. I think mm-hmm. that's really great and awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. You're welcome. If people want to find you on social, on Instagram, um, how can they find you? I know you have a lot. Uh- I know, right? I'm like, Carol Carolina is good Instagram account. But my personal Instagram is fly effortlessly eighty seven. My clothing line is LA Lisque, E L L A E L I S Q U E. And then my store is Style House by MJ. And then my consulting business is Self Made Boss Bay, B A E. My baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you guys want to follow her, which you should, go and follow her online, go visit her website, buy some stuff, 
Look out for her book. Look out for everything that she's doing. Yeah, get some gems in your life. Yeah. <laughs> Follow her. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, Maxie, for doing this. I really appreciate you so much. Yeah, of course. Yeah.